Hi, my name is Michael Waits. Thank you for joining us for this very special edition of Insurance for the New Possible. We are broadcasting live from the Chubb Insurance booth at the Singapore FinTech Festival, the largest FinTech festival in the world and a knowledge platform for the global FinTech community. We could not be more excited to be here. Now let's welcome Ian Ovenden, head of middle market and small commercial at Chubb Asia Pacific, with whom we will discuss envisioning the future, bridging the gaps in commercial insurance. We are back live at the Singapore FinTech Festival. Ian, I cannot thank you enough for sitting down and doing this with us. How are you doing, by the way? Very well, no problem. Thank you for having me. Do you come to the Singapore FinTech Festival every year, or is this your first time? This is my first time this year. It, my first is it at expectation, meeting expectations? Uh, it's what much do you think? bigger than I anticipated, actually. It's weird, right? Much, much bigger than I anticipated, yeah. But yeah. Uh, largely when I've been here in Singapore, it was during the COVID. horrible COVID years. So uh, it's nice to be out, out doing something social and interactive. I remember the first time I went back to an event like this after COVID, and it felt surreal yeah i bet it really did because i'm like around a thousand fifteen hundred people thinking (laughs) i haven't been around anybody but me for like two years it's very strange i hope they're all okay is what i was thinking (laughs) let's talk a little bit about commercial insurance i feel like this this idea of digital transformation has been cropping up in the insurance industry for the past five years at least right let's talk about this digitalization in the context of commercial insurance from your perspective yeah i think um I think firstly, there's three things, but firstly for us, it's the rise of the opportunity. Um, we're seeing a, a significant increase or access through, uh, through, through businesses or consumer, especially in the micro space, which were traditionally very underserved yeah. um, and very uh, and underinsured. Um, so firstly, yeah, it's the opportunity. Um, the secondly is... Uh, it's the mindset change, right? We've, we've commercially, we, we know about... Uh, digital insurance in personal and consumer life. It's been there for, well, when I was back in the UK 12 years ago. So it's not new, but I think for commercial, it it is new. How do we take annualized, uh, traditionally complex products or or, or misunderstood to be complex products that were hard to sell and and, and make them a little bit more um, uh, digestible for, for, for that market, for that underserved market? And I think the third thing is, is that digestible? How do we make them digestible? Um, so, yeah, there's, there's an opportunity here for us to break down coverage using technology to, to enable the sales process. So I want to talk about a couple of things, not yeah. in any particular order. You talked about this mindset change. Yeah. And you said personal lines, even health insurance, yeah. has been going through this for a while now. Yeah. Right. Why has there... Why has it been slower or later for commercial insurance? I, and you did mention some of the complexity, but maybe the perceived complexity. Just tell me about why that's the yeah, case. Yeah, I think it, it, sometimes it's perceived complexity, but I also think there's, the need hasn't been there. And when I mean the opportunity. Right. So commonly we're intermediated business through commercial insurance. Yep. People provide expertise during that process and like to their perceived expertise of the, of the product. Right. Um, but that underserved and that underinsured segment, the micro segment of which there are millions of in this part of the world exactly is really uh, the driving force of why digital now um, because they, they they need insurance like the rest of us to, to enable to give them comfort to grow their own businesses so there are a few things to unpack here in south let's just talk about southeast asia in particular you talk about underserved i'm i'm presuming you mean small and medium-sized businesses maybe even slightly larger than that right well i think even starting from the micro elements starting from five and, and under employees yeah, fair less, enough. less than a few hundred thousand revenue i right. think 
Um, we've we've had recent examples with Grab. They're they're looking at kind of fifty to a hundred thousand in revenue uh, organizations and providing them uh, general insurance products. So um, I think we're starting smaller than that with okay. the ability to to modularize the product in such a way that we can grow through the food chain. Got it. So we can. So what had to change, right? You've been in this business for a while. What had yeah. to change? It's not just technology. It's not just a mindset. What had to change to make that not just necessary, but ubiquitous and possible? I think access. Access was a real is a real key th- thing. Right, right, right. Um, and access through these super apps and and e-commerce and other uh, service <laughs> facility providers. Access needed to change. Right. Traditional methods of through the broker or through agents. You've only got the reach is only so far. So you needed to you needed access. You needed more volume. Um, the second thing, we needed the technology capability, and that's kind of been there, but nobody's really thought seriously enough about investing to, to make it worthwhile. And I think that access has now made it more feasible right. for the investment to make it worthwhile. So now that you have access, and this is where things actually get really interesting to me, this is the innovation part of this, right? Let's say you're just dealing with institutions that have 100,000, 50,000, even 25 or, or 10,000 people in it. Those products are very well established and you've had access to them for a while in an intermediated way. But now that technology gives you access to more businesses, even at the micro size, yeah. their needs and their product desires may be completely different. They will be. So now yeah. they're, they're coming back to you and saying, now that we understand we need protection, yeah. but we actually, you have it like this but we need it like this. Yeah. What part of that process to you is exciting and really fulfilling actually? Um, it's also difficult. Taking some of these very traditional annualized products that people know very well right, right, right. and breaking them down to the, to the coverage level right. and creating something that's valuable to the, to, to the individual that, for their needs at that time and offering it to them at the right time. Yeah, in contextually, their existing right? journey. Yes, yep. so it's contextual. Um, so uh, we see today, particularly in, and we've used super apps as an example, and I'll continue to use that trend. But th- th- they live in these apps for their yeah. own business yeah. uh, development to provide educate to, to then provide income, to send their kids to school. So they live inside these applications. So how do we make a product that's digestible in path that's that's appropriate for them needs scaling back from that traditional large and complex perspective but the coverage element broadly the same we're just breaking it down into a more bite-sized element so we spent a lot of time today talking about embedded insurance we talk about embedded insurance and beyond right but at this level even at the micro level if you want to make it easy for people to consume if you want to make it let's say bite-sized right or digestible as you said it has to be in a way that doesn't get in the way of them doing the other things that they're Correct. doing. Yeah. How do you do that at that scale? So I'll give you a really good example, something that Please. I'm really excited about. Tell me. Um, there's been a rise of home service apps and um, something that this I- This is actually really interesting. Sorry, I, go something ahead. Something I use all the time, primarily because uh, my OCD level does not match my skill level when it comes <laughs> to cleaning. DIY. So yeah, not necessarily cleaning, but DIY. Welcome to the party. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the things I found really interesting is commonly we invite contractor we use these apps now to invite contractors into our home right now there was a great opportunity for that contractor by accident to cause some level of accident damage or injury while they're in your home yeah now do you check whether they have the right insurances or if they're you don't necessarily right you trust the app uh, necessarily the provider so there's a there's a real micro element to the required insurance during that very <coughs> short period of time when they're on or on your premises. Right. So I think there's a really good ex- uh, example of kind of a micro opportunity for a short period of time. 
So this is UBI. Yep. Usage-based insurance. Yep. But in a completely different way than most people are thinking about it. Because when most people think about UBI, they talk about, I only drive my car on Thursdays. I never use it for the rest of the week. Why yeah. am I paying for insurance on yeah. Saturday kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. But I want to flip this around as well. You're worried and concerned at some level about your belongings. Just somebody's providing you some service, fixing the air conditioner, maybe drops the wrench and hits a vase. I was going to use the Ming vase in your house as an example. You had cameras installed in my yeah. house. Um, maybe you took it the last time you were there. Yeah. But also as important is that that contractor is coming into your house with which they're not familiar with the terrain inside your house. Exactly. <laughs> Excuse me. They're putting up a ladder. They could also get injured. Correct. So they need that insurance as well, but just during the time when they're there. Just during the time they're there. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, there's other opportunities around the globe, depending on the regulatory <coughs> environment, because employees' compensation can be a bit difficult depending on yep. which territory you're in. Uh, but certainly, uh, also, yeah, a, a good example of where they need specific cover at a specific point of time. How can you use the super apps as a way to educate the people that are then using those apps to provide service to you, right? Whether it's the DI, do-it-yourself stuff, it's not really DIY, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Putting a home helper into your apartment, putting a, somebody who cleans your air conditioners, all that stuff. How do you educate them about protection? Because the idea is they're underserved, so they may be underknowledged as underknowledged, well. Underknowledged, yeah. And one thing I'm really excited about <coughs> at the moment, I've been Excuse playing me. with, don't worry, uh, I've been playing with um, a lot lately is ChatGPT. Or our version uh, is that we have ChatGPT. An internal version of yeah, this, yeah? Yeah, an internal version. So we, we, we've been talking about, uh, okay, can we use these AI, language AIs to help make insurance recommendations, to educate, to, to learn? And you can. So I've been playing around with this quite a lot, and it's very, very interesting. It gives very basic level. Right. But when you're trying to reach millions of customers in a very short space of time, actually quite useful. So we had Sunita Khan on the show earlier. Yeah. She's the global lead for AI at Microsoft. Oh, okay. And I use ChatGPT and other sort of generative AI products every single day, all day. I couldn't do my job without it. Yeah. But one of the things that she said to me, and you're probably already doing this, is that before you start asking the AI for something, you tell it who you are. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Right? So I loved learning this. You say, I'm an electrician in somebody's home for the first time. And then you say, how can I communicate with them that they should actually have insurance for coverage just during the time that they're there? Yeah. And then serve that to them in Bahasa. Yes, possible. Although the language <laughs> AI is in Bahasa might be ready. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. where it's going, yeah. right? Yeah, and absolutely. That's super yeah. exciting. Yeah, very exciting for us. Right, so because, that's, that's sorry, because I was going to say, because even if you want to do it yourself, yeah. you kind of can't and you don't have their mindset. But that's a great way to do it. That's why I think AI can be super powerful in that perspective. Super yeah? powerful. And we can embed that. We know who the customer is or the, right. or the contractor is in the journey already. So we can already pre-fill some of the questions that AI should be, should be spitting out the answers to. Yeah. So we can make it very intuitive and very seamless. Right. So it's pretty exciting. So I feel like we're still on the top three things that you talked about. <laughs> no, because I feel like it's yeah. a really deep and long conversation. It is. This idea of the opportunity and using platforms to get access to people. I think about... Sellers that sit on Amazon, sellers that sit on Lazada, sellers that sit on Shopee and all these other marketplaces, those are micro businesses as well. Yeah. And they may be doing fifty dollars to $100,000 of revenue too, yeah. but now you have access to them through the marketplaces and through the platforms. Yeah. That opportunity is massive. Huge. Yeah. Right. And can I just say one more thing and then you can expound as well? Globally, most people think that all business gets done by big corporations, but actually most of it gets done by SMEs and below. The larger percentage, and in Asia, it's probably 60 to 70 percent. And now having access to them creates a gigantic opportunity for you, yes? Yeah, I mean, in this part of the world, I mean, you use 60 percent, 60, 70 percent as a, as a proxy, but 
kind of you're talking 99% of entities, yeah, volume that's of entities yeah, 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 yeah. are in that small uh, and micro space and maybe into low middle market, which really we should be able to simplify our products, di- make them digestible, build them in path. Um, it, it feels like a no-brainer for us. So and we're getting after that, certainly. I mean, you'd yeah. always want to address, as a business person, right, you'd always want to address the unaddressed market particularly one that you've never even tried to address. I don't mean you, but that one's never tried to address. Yeah. Because the only way to go is up. Is up. Yeah. Up. I want to ask you this. You talked before about the fact that other lines of business had been doing this type of insurance for years. Yeah. Is there stuff that you can learn from those businesses and reference to then adapt properly to the commercial business and even the micro commercial yeah, business? Yeah. Um, look, we're very excited about testing it. Um, yeah. We're very excited about testing it. And I think the learning that we took for when Consumer Alliance did, they did a lot of testing and a lot of failing. Right. Um, and a lot of tech companies do the same. They test yeah. ideas. And so look, I'm excited to get on that journey. We can learn from some of the failings that they've had. So we've hopefully we can take some shortcuts. There's no silver no. bullet, but there'll, right. there'll definitely be some elements of shortcuts we can go in, in the testing phase. Can we talk a little bit about company culture? Because the idea that you've introduced this concept of we're going to do a lot of testing, a lot of those tests are going to fail, but we're going to come out and learn that is interesting from a company culture standpoint. Did you feel like that's okay inside of a company that's already so large and so robust? Uh, I mean, there's a willingness to do this. Yeah. Everybody understands and gets it, right? There's, right. I'm, not, I'm not the only one here. No, for sure. Uh, sitting here thinking this is the, the opportunity. Um, and I think with having... Having consumer have gone far, far more ahead and far more mature. They've seen the process. Everybody understands it. So I think everybody's very excited about what, what we can deliver in the commercial space. And talk to me specifically about expanding into Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, places like that. Yeah. What you think is necessary? What maybe you think is different going into each one of those places? And maybe what's the same as well? So language is something that we need to think about. And For our, sure. actually our first, uh, our first opportunity that we're, we're working with is Grab is in Thailand. Okay. Um, a very digitally enabled uh, yeah. territory, yep. um, access to, to technology everywhere. Uh, but language is something that, that we certainly need to think about mm. um, and the customer journey. The other thing that's influencing us is regulatory. So we have some regulatory uh, challenges that we have to deal with as we go. We'll, we'll be slightly different as we go around uh, as we go around the region, but part and, part and parcel of working in a regulatory, a regulated environment. Yeah. Um, so really language, um, customer experience, um, most of the apps have similar kind of style. You know, there's yep, a super app do. in Indonesia, there's a super app yep. in Thailand, there's a super app in Singapore. Now, they would hate for me to say they're the same, uh, but they're not. But, they're not, we, but, but we certainly would um, be able to learn and, and, and make some standardizations to enable us to scale right. and, and gr- develop quickly, like get stuff yeah. out quickly to them. I always like to say that the differentiation is in the nuance, right? And as long as you get those nuances right, your chances of success are much higher. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're lucky we're not going first. Uh, we've got a big consumer team that have already done it. So, right, right, right. So we, we, we've got a bit of insight into what's worked for them. And, and don't forget, most of these micro customers underserved, they're consumers as well. Yeah, they so are. So they operate like very similar to consumers. So, right. So when we say underserved, actually, I want to point this out. When we say underserved, they're underserved maybe in protection and insurance, but they're not underserved from a consumer experience standpoint. Correct. And that means when yeah. you show them what you've learned from their their existing consumer experiences and build that into their experience for protection and insurance. Absolutely, yeah. It's closer to succeeding than it is to failing, Absolutely. right? We, 
That's the plan. We hope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't want to rely on hope. But that's <laughs> the I always say I don't yeah. operate in the realm yeah. of hope. I operate in the realm of facts. Yeah. But you can still do hope. You can do hope. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not that effective. Okay. And I really want to thank you for coming in. Doing Pleasure. This. I thank really so appreciate. Much. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. I did thoroughly. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Don't forget to follow Insurance for the New Possible on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube to stay up to date on all of our amazing and informative content.